Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Joe Ostrowski here with you. Folks, check out the 2023 NFL BetQL betting preview. It's the must-have tool for the 2023-24 season. Unlock a world of sportsbook offers that will have you playing smarter, not harder. With more than 10,000 in-depth game-by-game simulations at your fingertips, you will be equipped with unparalleled insights to make informed bets. Whether you're a seasoned better or just getting started, this guide is your ticket to maximizing success in the world of NFL betting. Don't miss out. Grab your copy now when you sign up for a premium subscription and get ready to conquer the odds. Okay, Joe, so let's talk about line movements pertaining to week one of the NFL season. And we'll start with the Commanders and the Cardinals. This number was six for a long time. It has since moved to Commanders minus seven. And perhaps one of the reasons is because if there was any hope at all that Kyler Murray would start week one for Arizona, well, not only is that hope dashed, it's possible that any hope to see him at all this season has been dashed. Per PFN 365, the Arizona Cardinals are, quote, privately telling people that Kyler Murray is not expected to play this season. So then my question for you, Joe, is do you – what do you do with this move, I guess? Uh, is this something where you think uh, the health of the Cardinals is such to where, you know, backing the Commanders minus seven is appropriate – Or is it something where you weren't expecting Kyler Murray to play in that game anyway, and so this number hasn't swayed too much as far as your approach? Yeah, everybody knew that Kyler Murray was never going to play in this game. Probably not much in the first half of the season, if at all. But now we're wondering if he's he's going to be on the field this season in a brand-new regime. All right, let's zoom out for a quick second. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of chatter around Arizona. Uh, They're expected to be the worst team in football. Their win total is two full wins lower than any other team in the league. And what are they doing? They're trading away players right now. Right now, this is their time. Let, let's trade a starting offensive lineman. I, I know we stink, but um, let's completely clean house. They trade a first-round pick in Isaiah Simmons for a seventh-rounder. They trade offensive tackle Josh Jones and a pick for a fifth-rounder. They bring in Joshua Dobbs last week. I mean, that was a, a big sign, I would think, that, you know, Kyler Murray, we're not going to see him anytime soon. And when you have a new regime and you have this, this quarterback that has the reputation of not being the hardest worker, which is what you need, like, like you hear with the stories with Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia, um, that's getting a ton of money right now. Are they going to move on? And that chatter's been going on. Uh, with all this noise around Arizona and the, the idea that, they might be in tank mode right now. Not like what the Bears did when they decided to tank in the middle of the season. They traded everything away, and they did get that number one pick. They might be in tank mode going into the season. We made our case for Arizona four and a half, over four and a half. BetMGM has a three and a half now. With all this going on with the Cardinals and everything we're hearing, are are you saying, ah, Let's back away from that over. I, I am starting to see some people that I do respect uh, bet under uh, four and a half of the Cardinals. I don't know. Uh, that one, yes, the big picture is really important. And it's definitely something where it's obvious what the overall approach is. At the same mm-hmm. time, players don't tank, organizations tank. So if for some reason 
you know, these guys start to catch lightning in a bottle, then, you know, that's not that much of a number to clear. And there are other football teams out there that I'm also really pessimistic about. And so, for instance, if you're looking at worst regular season record, Cardinals are at plus 250 right now in one spot. And I don't think that offers a whole lot of value here, even though it's plus money. Uh, Bucks at plus 850. And and there are a couple of other teams that I think do uh, pose some more value. So in terms of big picture, it's an important exercise to complete but I don't know if there's any one bet that stands out as something that I want to pounce on because there's a lot of other, there's plenty of pessimism to go around, Joe, Uh, not too worried about running out of it, uh, just focusing on Arizona. So there's that at the same time, when I'm looking specifically at this game, the Mm -hmm. one cause of concern I have, and I'm someone who backed the Cardinals plus six here. The one concern bit of concern I have is that Sam Howell's actually looked pretty good in the preseason. How much does that matter in terms of his preseason numbers? 28 of 37, 265 yards, three touchdowns, a success rate of 57.5%. Those are all solid numbers, Joe. This may not be a bad quarterback situation out there. And if that's the case, then Sam Howell may, may be able to put up some good numbers against that defense. And if that's the case, seven is not that much. Yeah, I, I would not consider... Uh, betting the Cardinals' worst record. Let, let's put that out there. But part of our handicap for this season was expecting Kyler Murray in the second half of the year. So that, that that's why I posed that question to you. As far as this, yeah, seeing the move from six to seven, my first reaction was, oh, the Howell love. Look at this. <laughs> Maybe it's more Arizona, though. Maybe it's more Arizona fade. This is going to be the team that I'm going to be picking against. And maybe that's why we saw the move. The reality, it's probably both. It's probably a little bit of commander's love. Like Howell played well in a big spot. It was a primetime game, national game that people were watching and actually talking about. And uh, we've got these Arizona moves on top of it. And I... I don't know that anybody thought Kyler was going to play. We certainly did not. But now uh, that is clear that he's not going to be out there. I think you throw all that in the wash, and that's why we have that move to seven. Let me ask you this. Is Washington going to be popular in Survivor? Because I kind of think they are. I'm already hearing people talk about it. Absolutely. Now that I completely agree with you. Like, I would not be surprised if a lot of folks look at the Cardinals as sort of this trendy, take the opponent in survivor kind of approach. Uh, if mm-hmm. I sort of bring up uh, the Cardinal schedule real fast, I look at this and say, you know, what other spot will there be to back the commanders, I guess, uh, you know, in such an enthusiastic way? Uh, <laughs> you know, there may be some spots here. So after that, Cardinals play the Giants, then the Cowboys. You'll find another place for the Cowboys. 49ers, Bengals, Rams, Seahawks, Ravens, Browns. Like, all right, there's some tough games there, but there are some games where if the Cardinals did have Kyler Murray and something a little bit more competent, then okay, it's certainly no guarantee. Plus, you know, they're not going to go 0-17. Like, we know that. But, you know, when else are you going to back Washington here? To me, that makes just a ton of sense. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Good teaser leg, too, if you're into that. Bring that down if you if you want. If it, if it scares you about Howell winning by more than a touchdown, that's going to be a very popular teaser leg, I, I would assume. And without looking, I'm guessing it's going to be a, a lower total because we have the Cardinals offense 
involved mm-hmm. here. Uh, a, another move we had, Ed, was three and a half to four and a half Jacksonville. I'm not surprised by that, but just want to remind people as, as we're ramping back up for uh, betting on the NFL that the move from three and a half to four and a half is not the biggest move. Not dead numbers. Four is something going through that four, but it's not like some of the other moves that we're going to talk about. Like the one we just talked about moving up to the key number of seven. Yeah, exactly. Uh, when it comes to the Jaguars, I, I already had them, you know, sort of winning this division and having a divisional opponent. It, it is interesting that Jags and Colts, I'm always nervous when the number is, say, four and a half in an interdivisional game that, you know, sometimes with familiarity, these games tend to be a little bit closer than you might expect. Often they are more lower scoring than you might expect. And so that's definitely something where the total I'm probably more interested in as far as this contest is concerned. Other thing, too, is with Anthony Richardson, yeah, there's certainly a lot of reason for buzz. Uh, I mentioned last week this notion that he's been so good throughout his career at avoiding sacks when facing pressure that this is a skill set that he should be able to keep for his entire NFL career. And not every quarterback has this, and not every quarterback can develop this. So Mm -hmm. in terms of what Richardson's ceiling can be, it's already quite high. And that's great, but when it comes to this first week, I do feel like that the Jacksonville pass rushers will dictate largely the outcome of this contest. Yet at the same time, I also think that if you're looking at this one move and starting to believe that the market is fully embracing Jacksonville – I'd be very, very careful about this. This is a move to me that suggests I might look at Jags week two, week three, and maybe fade them a little bit, even though I still think they win the AFC South. Last year was a week one loss at Washington, 28 to 22. Yeah, I, I would not lay the four and a half in this spot. As much as I like Jacksonville this season, I would find other ways uh, to bet this one. And th- there are so many question marks that we have about the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the the Taylor question is looming. What's going to happen there um, early on this week? That's going to be a big story. It's not going to decide my bet, but, you know, divisional matchup length four and a half on the road. There's a lot of other games I like week one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same, same here, no doubt. Uh, we've got the Saints going from three to three and a half against the Titans. Again, how much do we really buy into preseason hype and what we saw in these contests? To me, I think there's always a little bit of value there. I wouldn't you know, necessarily go nuts over it because these are vanilla defenses. And there are specific things that offenses are trying to do. But look, Derek Carr and company look pretty good. And it looks like that the Saints will have their full complement of receivers. They haven't had that in a long time because Michael Thomas just hasn't been able to stay healthy. But if this is the case, and we're starting to believe that the Titans have a little bit of dysfunction offensively, then mm-hmm. this move really doesn't necessarily, I mean, yeah, you have a hook there and that is significant. You know, let's not discount that hook here. But if you like the Saints before, I don't think this hook changes your mind too much. Okay. Yeah. So what was the exact move? Because I remember it was at 4-2 at some spots. And, and there are some, as we talk about these moves, there are some books that have stale numbers out there as well. Mm-hmm. So what is the official move here? It's just more more backing New Orleans, or you're, you're saying a Tennessee fade in this spot? It, it might be a little bit of both. I don't know if there's, like, one factor that overwhelms the other. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I I have 
I'm not sure what to expect out of New Orleans coming into the season. So that that's a team I'm probably going to sit and like, yeah, I, I, I like what they can be. I'm curious to see what Derek Carr looks like. And you're going to be missing your running back early on in the season. Um, I, I can't wait to see what Olave is in, in year number two here. Everybody talk about Garrett Wilson. Well, how about Olave and what he's going to do mm-hmm. uh, this upcoming season with a new quarterback? Uh, not getting a ton of chatter there. Uh, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the Saints. But, you know, maybe Tennessee is the other team that people are going to be fading. I, I'm always worried when, when you have a, an advantage with the head coach, too, though. Like, we're going to take Vrabel in this spot, right? Um, I'm not saying betting on him. I'm just saying that matchup of head coach Dennis Allen against Vrabel, you'd be more likely to take Vrabel. Um, so probably not going to make a bet here, but it is notable that uh, we are seeing some movement on this number. I would push back on that a little bit. Not, not that I don't think Mike Brabel is a good coach, but mm-hmm. Dennis Allen, when his defenses uh, have, like whenever Dennis Allen has been the defensive coordinator or the head coach with the Saints, those units have been outstanding. And you can say what you want about, you know, clock management, the, the managerial side of head coaching, those kinds of things. Mike Brabel probably does have the advantage, but when it comes to just overall efficacy of defense – that is volatile from one season to the next. Dennis Allen, I think, has proven that he can keep things afloat. And knowing that's the case against a Tennessee offense that may have a lot of questions at quarterback and outside of DeAndre Hopkins, who I still think has it, uh, what else do they have at receiver and tight end? That's a big question here. I just don't Mm -hmm. know offensively what the Titans will be able to do against a Saints defense that – it's just going to be coached really well. And the talent is still there, uh, but the scheme is really, really sound. So in that respect, I would say, okay, yeah, Vrabel might be better, but not that much better. Quarterback, there is no comparison. And right away, it's only a three. Yeah, I just – and it is one of the few spots where I would – I bring up home field for sure when you're talking about playing in the Dome. Uh, so there's that. And just – all the change on offense, I just – I'm not sure. I'm not sure what we're going to see them playing in a soft division. But, yeah, if you want to fade Tennessee, if you want to go against Tannehill, I don't know that he's going to play quarterback all year. I don't, I don't have a real problem with that. Yeah. Uh, Chargers have moved to minus three. Uh, I still see a minus two and a half out there, but now it's minus three yeah. against the Dolphins. And th- this one is a little intriguing to me. I'm not sure what to read into, but what do you think? I don't – why? Why do we see this move? Yeah. I don't understand. Are we just getting closer and people having FOMO? Like, yeah, no, we're going to do the Chargers thing. This is going to be the Chargers year. A lot of buzz about the change at offensive coordinator. I'm not sure. I didn't understand that. My, my gut reaction was, wait, you're giving me three? I'll probably take the three uh, with Miami in that spot. <laughs> and uh, are they moving it out of the teaser zone? Because uh, Miami was yeah, pretty that's... obvious. Yeah. Teaser protection, I think, is the only way this makes sense. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, it's BetQL Court Time. Joe's been out for two weeks, so I'm sure the docket is long right here on the BetQL Network.